I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go. What's up? You know, just got back from a nice, short but sweet getaway back to Texas. Houston for a few days, Austin for a few days. So I am both full and exhausted. So you got to go home and you got to go to Austin. Yep. Yeah. Had a little reunion with um, my two college roommates. We're going like, what, I think like 15 years strong. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. It was a nice celebration. Well, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. Yes, uh, Speaking of things being bigger in Texas, I mean, <laughs> Mahalia is extra big today. She Look. is she is all swole, but in the very best way. I mean, that's the beauty, beauty of Afrocentric hair, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what, what we got going on here? This tell, the, is... tell, the, tell the people what, what Mahalia is doing. <laughs> this is a post-nap Mahalia situation. So, you know, she is still making it work even through all my struggles. So I got like, you know, the satin head wrap to try to kind of like pineapple my hair up. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, usually like this far out in a twist out, I'll just like put it up in a puff. But, you know, she's been out and loud and proud despite all these planes I've been on. Yeah. So she's just kind of spilling off the top. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's giving me, I'm trying to think, what is it giving me? I was thinking it was like giving me one of these like back in the day, Whitney Houston updos. <laughs> But I'm, but I'm not sure because I don't think Whitney's Whitney's hair was quite as. It also wasn't her; she bought it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, God bless, God bless the dead. That's yes, what, no shade to Whitney. <laughs> One of my friends, whenever she says something about somebody who passed away, she's like, "Girl, yeah." Well, I mean, God bless the dead. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, you can't say bad things and then just think you're gonna clear it up like that. Exactly. It's usually when, like when someone starts the conversation, like, "Don't take this the wrong way," but. <laughs> No shade, but oh, yeah. here comes the shade. Here comes the shade. <laughs> well, um, I am proud to announce that in addition to being in the tiny percentage of people who identify as Black women who are full professors, which is less than 1%, I'm also on the tiny percent of people who have tickets to see Beyonce wow. in concert. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And not only am I going to see Beyonce in concert, I'm going to see Beyonce in concert in two different places. How about that? Okay. Well, way to just take it up a notch. Just took it up a whole notch. And let me just be very clear. I am not a maniacal Beyonce fan. I'm not. Like, I like her music. I like her work ethic. I, you know, I got her in my, you know, Spotify playlists and stuff like that. But her last album, Renaissance, Mm -hmm. it is an absolute masterpiece to me. I love it. So I told my sister, who was a hardcore concert goer, mm-hmm. I said, listen, 
when Beyonce tickets go on sale, you, <laughs> I, I, I need to go see Beyonce because I'm actually I'm also in the tiny percentage of people who have never seen Beyonce in concert. I've never okay. seen. Okay, well, that I can really understand pushing yeah. forward. So yeah, I've never seen her. I mean, but, but I've never been compelled to jump through any hoops. I'm like, yeah, I like her music. I'll watch it on you know whatever like little YouTube clips I can see. But mm -hmm. this I wanted to see in person. So I was working on the Atlanta tickets. And my sister, Jolay, was working mm. on the L.A. tickets. So <laughs> we got tickets in Atlanta and in L.A. Wow. It's about to be on and popping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I am. I'm awestruck. I am also not a big concert goer. I mean, real talk and y'all don't hate me for this. I am not a huge fan of live music, like especially in large crowds. You know, I'd rather just listen somewhere that's not <laughs> around a bunch of people. No, you're not alone. You're not alone. I, I like a concert where you sing the song like it goes on the album. Mm -hmm. And it annoys me if I go to see you sing live and you have like rearranged the whole song. <laughs> yeah. Which Erica Badu, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and show up late to the concert. You know, I know. Yeah. Show up like an hour late and then Your sing the song in a way that's like undiscernible <laughs> by me. <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> Again, no shade to Erica, but I've heard yeah. I've heard about her concerts. But I will say I've gone to one Beyonce concert. I mean, it almost took me like the same amount of time to get in and out of the stadium as like the actual concert itself. Okay. But I've never been that blown away by like a stage performance before. So I think well, I'm just going to wear like bodysuits all week to work. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like, why is Dr. Manning not wearing pants? Why is she yeah. wearing a unitard everywhere? I'm like, oh, that's because. <laughs> just preparation. It's, they should know. And, and, and you know what else is really special? The one in Atlanta, we are seeing it on Deanna's birthday. Oh, that is. Oh, Isn't that cool? That is incredible. I love that so much. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So, you know, you know, Beyonce, we got good tickets too. We got like grown up tickets, you know? Ooh, okay. Well, we, let, let yeah, I'm, I'm know. So in the event that for whatever, whatever reason you can't make it out to California, I'm happy to swing on down to LA. Yeah. She is a avid yeah. listener to the podcast and I promise you that she will take you up on that if something <laughs> happens and I can't come. Yeah. Perfect. Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce, yeah. I'm coming for you and I'm just my wear a bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, every day that you're telling the story is a very incredibly special day for me, but I am like even above and beyond thrilled that this is your week. Because you're sleepy. Yes. Yeah, not only am I tired and jet lag, like, <laughs> you know, I can't think of a better way to spend my afternoon than just sitting here and absorbing all of your wisdom. So, oh, I yeah. love that. Thank you so much. I, and you know what? I, I feel like really light right now, which is great. But as you know, I cry every day and I haven't cried today yet. Mm. Okay. So um, I, I don't think this is going to, this might, this could take me in a cry direction. I hope not. But okay. you know, I'm just warning you. Like I went and got some tissues just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're coming up on 60 episodes. So, you know, I think our fans at this point know things could go 50-50. So we're, we're here for whatever emotions come up. And we believe in normalizing emotions other than just anger. Amen. Yeah. It's okay to cry. Crying, yeah. is, crying is therapeutic. I have a what for you today. Okay, sis, let me hear it. Um, the what is push. Push, okay. Push, push. What comes to mind when I say that to you? 
there's this song that I can't remember who sings it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like from like the 80s or 90s. Well, Lupe like, Fiasco, kick, push. Kick, no, 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 that I was around um, for. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, <laughs> push it. That's salt and pepper, right? That's salt and pepper. Okay. Salt and pepper. You think of some songs that include the word push. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good word because it can mean a lot of things. So I am going to take you on this convoluted path that involves me being pushed along to do things. And also, you know, since we're still in Black History Month centers on the, just the power of relationships between Black women and how Black women can push each other, mm, you know? I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago, probably like 2018 or so, Emory called for this new position, an associate vice chair for diversity, equity, and inclusion for the Department of Medicine. Spoiler, that is the role I'm in now. But when they first <laughs> called for it, I was really nervous about it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this or not. Um, I don't know if I should apply. One of my very good friends, um, Angela Bostic, was like, why not you? Of course you should apply. And she pushed me and pushed me and I, I applied. And as it worked out, me, along with my mentor, uh, Jada Bussy Jones, mm-hmm. got put into these leadership roles together. And right after I got appointed in that role in the spring of 2018, the double AMC group on diversity and inclusion meeting was coming up in Chicago that June. It was an opportunity for somebody from our team to go. I was new in the DEI role. And I was like, look, just because you underrepresented and somebody with intersecting identities, that does not automatically make you a DEI expert. So Mm -hmm. I really needed to go and try to build community. And, you know, again, we always feel guilty when we get ready to leave and go to a conference that wasn't one we were planning to go to. But thanks to a push from Jada, um, my mentor, who she couldn't go. She was like, "I I really think you should go. She created the space for me to go. And with that nudge, I went. Mm -hmm. The meeting was great. I learned a lot. I wasn't presenting. I was just there absorbing stuff. But one of the things that happened while I was there was that there was this woman that I saw there that was like presenting something at one point. And then I kind of saw her across the room another point. And I don't know, you know, sometimes you, you, you see people and you kind of like... For whatever reason, their energy, you're just drawn to their energy, right? This wasn't romantic. It wasn't, you know, it was just like something about her felt familiar to me. And I knew that before this meeting was over, I was going to end up talking to her. Mm. As it turns out, we start talking and she says, oh, you know, I went to Emory Medical School. And she went to Emory Medical School before I had come to the faculty. We start chatting and it turns out that she had also attended an HBCU. She had attended Florida A&M. Her name is Dr. Valencia Walker. She's a neonatologist, really an awesome woman, but a a, a real leader in DEI. And we just hit it off. Just boom. We just got real cool right then and there. And this was right as, you know, we were about to go into the pandemic because the pandemic hadn't quite hit yet. Me and her, we just got cool. You know, we would check in with each other. She would share things with me. She was a little, um, though younger than me, she was a little ahead of me in terms of DEI work. So really provided me a lot of resources and gave me a lot of just pushes to engage myself in things, which I greatly appreciated. Fast forward to that fall. Valencia reaches out to me and she says, hey, Kimberly, I would like to nominate you for an award. The award I'm nominating you for is the Association of Black Women Physicians Lifetime Achievement Award. And I start laughing because I was like, (laughs) lifetime achievement? Like, don't you need to be like retired and like, I don't know, a septo or octogenarian to get something Mm -hmm. like that? She was like, no, you know. You've gone really hard. You've made some great contributions. I, I think you will be a really good candidate. I want to nominate you. 
So she had to like stalk me to get my CV, you know, because again, this was not something that I thought was appropriate for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was senior enough, but she kept pushing. She was a dog on a bone. She was like, no, no, I'm nominating you for this. No, no, I'm going to find your CV. No, no, no. And sure enough, she nominates me. And as it turns out, I get into this little finalist group and she's like, okay, you're a finalist. Isn't that great? I was like, uh, yeah, okay. But I'm <laughs> sure like I'm not going to win. And spoiler again, I win. Okay. Valencia calls me and she is elated and she's like, oh my God, you won. Oh, this is so great. So you're going to be honored on this day at this event and blah, blah, blah. And this big fancy like event that they have. And when she gave me the date, I said, oh snap, I can't go to that. And she was like, what do you mean you can't go? And I said, oh, that's, that's my homecoming weekend. That's Tuskegee homecoming weekend. I'm not, I can't go. Mm. And she was like, no, 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 no. You, it's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. I said, yeah, it's on Sunday in Los Angeles. My homecoming is <laughs> in Tuskegee, Alabama, which is two hours away from any airport. So like, there is no way I can go to this. When I tell you Valencia Walker was a dog on a bone, she would not stop. She was relentless. She was coming up with all sorts of things. She was like, oh, you know, okay, well, what if this, okay, so I checked this flight. And as it turns out, you know, I went to fam. So I know what it's like to be at homecoming. So you wow. could go to the game, you can kick it, you can go serenade with your sorority sisters, you could do all of that. As long as you get in your car by 5.30pm, if you drive to Atlanta, you can make this last flight out to LA. And it's the next morning, I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. It's not even one of your anniversary years. I was like, I know it's not. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not missing Tuskegee homecoming. Are you crazy? So she ends up get, taking her like own miles and getting me a ticket, getting me that ticket. Wow. She was serious. Yeah. She was like, she, she called me and she's like, so I got you a ticket. It's refundable, but like, I got you a ticket because I'm determined to get you to come to this. I really, really think you should go do this. So I tell my dad about it. Mm-hmm. And my dad is, of course, my dad, right? So any chance to like hear by me winning something, he is delighted. And he was like, oh, you know, I was trying to decide if I would go to homecoming this year or not. So you know what I think I'll do? I'll stay back and I'll be here to receive you so that when you go to the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills to get this award, I'll take you. We'll go together. Hmm. Now my dad is hyped. I'm like, damn, why did I tell my dad about this? <laughs> yeah. Locked in now. So against my better judgment and with all her pushing, I agree to go to my homecoming, kick it as hard as I could on Friday and on Saturday and literally drive as fast as I could straight from Tuskegee's yard to the Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson airport where I literally walked straight into the airport, got on the plane and flew to LA. Almost missed the flight. It was crazy. So I get there and we go to this event and it is beautiful. It was awesome. Now, the point of all of this though, is that her push, like she was so persistent, so determined to get me to do this, that it was almost like I've never had anybody feel so strongly for me to do something. But now it's 2023 and I have lost my father since then, right? So now I look back at things that have happened to me that I'm like, Oh my gosh, what an incredible, incredible gift this person gave to me. When I got that award, a couple things happened. One thing was that my father was there. The other part that happened was that I was able to invite my ninth grade science teacher, who was the first person who told me I should be a doctor. 
And I got to stand on this stage and publicly, like publicly say all the things to those people that they've probably heard me saying quiet before, but it was like a public declaration. And one of my favorite parts of it was that um, a saying that I've always had because, you know, my dad never got a chance to become a doctor and he wanted to be a doctor. And, you know, again, it wasn't in the cards in Birmingham, Alabama back then. I always would say to him, you know, the MD stand for my daddy. <laughs> you know, I've always said that. Even when he was sick, I'd be like, daddy, what's the MD stand for? Even if he was like delirious, he'd be like, my daddy. So I got to say on this stage in front of all of these people, I got to tell them about my father's journey, about how, you know, he wanted to be a doctor in 1961 and how he had never seen any black doctors and how this woman told me that she thought I would make a great doctor someday at Inglewood Public Schools. This like non-sexy set of schools that weren't the you know ones where everybody had uniforms and nothing like that. And thanks to this push from my friend to get out there, I, I got to give my father and my teacher probably one of the very best gifts you could ever give somebody. Mm -hmm. My father was, oh, he was so acutely proud. He was just, he was so acutely proud. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. He was beside himself. And it was just so great to be able to give him that gift. Like, I was almost 50 years old when this happened, and he was proud, like I was saying my Easter speech as a four-year-old in church. And then for me to also be able to tell Patricia Richardson that when you told me in the ninth grade that you thought that I would make a good doctor, and I told you that my older sister and my younger sister are the smart ones, and you told me that I was a smart one too, and that I'm good with people, and that I should be a doctor. And I got to say it out loud, you know, like I got to give flowers to the living. And I am just so grateful that Valencia was so annoyingly persistent. <laughs> and like, she was a new friend. Mm -hmm. She wasn't an old friend. She wasn't, it was nothing in it for her. And would you believe after all of that, she couldn't even be there. Her <laughs> schedule changed. She couldn't even be there. But, but something in her said, I need to push my sister to get here and do this. So that has me thinking about, you know, all the things that fit together for things to happen for us. Mm -hmm. But what an incredible, incredible gift she allowed me to give to people who really deserve it. Mm -hmm. And You know, yeah, y'all, like my mom has had a lot to do with my success. And yes, I worked very hard to be a medical doctor. But the MD, that stands for my daddy. That stands for my daddy. And I'm so grateful that I got to do that with him. Mm. I am so happy about that. I mean, I'm weeping, but it's more just gratitude. Yeah. And I've, got, and I've told Valencia this before. I was like, God, you were so annoying. You bought, <laughs> that, you bought that ticket and I told you I wasn't going. He just felt strongly about it, you know? Yeah. So what would happen if... I mean, obviously, we can't be buying plane tickets for people to do stuff that they don't want to do. But, <laughs> but, stuff but what would, but what would happen if we just didn't abandon things that, like, we felt really strongly in our spirit that we needed to do? Mm -hmm. Especially for another person. Yeah. Right? Like, 
how many like balls do we drop or shrug off or say, oh, well, you know, that would have been cool. Because sometimes you need to like literally get the person up, stand them up, put them in their clothes and, and push them into whatever destiny it is you have for them. And that award ended up being a key piece of my, my promotion packet. Mm. It was a very, it was a very, very big d- deal on my promotion packet when I went up for full professor. And that's just another gift. And my dad got to live to see me make professor. I'm just, I'm so, so grateful for that event. Like Mm. that was, that was a lot. I didn't let you get a word in, Joanne. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I'm captivated. You know, I'm a, I'm a woman of few words, but (laughs) part of me is just envisioning like the pure joy on your father's face, you know, of the many things that I'm proud of, of this journey. Nothing feels better than doing that for the folks who really made the way for you mm-hmm. and to be able to give people their flowers while they can still smell them. Yes. I mean, a cliche statement, but Jesus, as soon as you've lost someone that has been, you know, by your side, cheering you along the whole way, like it hits a lot differently when you're able to share those moments. Oh yeah. Like I, I told on the, the podcast a, a while back, being able to share that teaching award with my grandmother three days before she had the stroke was one of the most like deeply held <laughs> experiences of my life. And hearing her say the words that she was proud of me mm-hmm. and particularly proud, not just of like the stuff, but genuinely proud of who I was becoming. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is, has carried me. And then for the folks who've pushed me to do things that I don't know that I would have done of my own volition. And it's always stuff that I'm selling myself short. Sometimes I hear your voice in my head. That's right. asking the question, like, why not? Right. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't I be great at this? Right. But I can't say that I recall having an experience where someone really went out of their way, like in such a profound like sense to actually come out of pocket. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know in the conversations that you've had with her subsequently, like, you know, what, what was it? Like, is that something she does? What she says is when I make my mind up about something, it's very, very hard to get me off of it. Mm. I think the fact that we had the shared experience of having attended, you know, HBCUs where people go back to homecoming, because like people who go to Florida A&M where she went, they, they go to homecoming. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, is it an anniversary year, meaning the year you pledged or the year you graduated? And it wasn't. So she was like, yeah, you can just go do all the fun parts and leave early. I think she just must have felt something in her spirit that made mm-hmm. her feel like she really needed to be obedient to seeing this through. There's just so many like little neat things that happened. The MC at the event was Tabitha Brown, the... Oh, wow. This is where you met Tab. This is where I met Tab. Oh, my this is how Tab and I became friends. She was on the come up then. She wasn't the Tabitha Brown she is now. Mm -hmm. I mean, she actually was the Tabitha Brown she is now. She's the (laughs) same person. She just wasn't as known by as many people. Yeah. And we befriended each other then. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I wouldn't have known her if if this wouldn't have happened. So many things, you know. I was going to say Jules might not have, you know, been crowned Jules. Yeah. um, Tabitha gave my hair the name Jules. She's like, oh, yeah, Jules. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I need to ask her how she pronounces it because she gave me the name over a text message, J-E-W-E-L-S, and 
when I think about how she talks, she probably is like jewels. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I don't know if somebody listening to this needs a push to do something themselves or if they need a push that they need to offer to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And maybe like an extra push on top of the push you already gave because sometimes people saying no to you is because they cannot see a way. Mm-hmm. And but maybe you can see the way. Valencia says all the time. She said, "Oh, I saw how this could all work. I wow. saw how this. I saw how you could do both. I owe a lot to her. She she gave me one of the most precious, most special gifts that I was able to give to my dad before he passed. And mm. um, and and you know what was really dope about it? I in the moment, I I knew it was special in the moment." I knew that. And I love when something happened, it's happening to me. And as it's happening, I know this is dope. I'm like, oh, this is pivotal. Yes. Yeah. This is like, oh yeah, this is, this is a moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love that. For me, it's a reminder because I think, you know, you can feel so myopic, especially, you know, even when you're earlier in your career, but being attuned to opportunities for you to bring somebody else into the fold or put them on a path that might be, you know, pivotal and um, being attuned to the little voices, little nudges that, you know, you need to do something for somebody else. Yep. Because it's a lot of times like sliding doors, you know, you just don't know what's going to, like if you step through the door, it could be a whole different world that awaits you mm-hmm. that you just don't know. And how many things do we just pat on the head and not actually do it? Yep. Um, when, when, when what you really need is a, a trusted person who sees how great you are to look at you and be like, of course you can do this. Mm. So shout out to Valencia Walker, shout out to Patricia Richardson, who in ninth grade told me I should be a doctor, shout out to Jada Bussy Jones, who helped me clear my calendar so I could go to the conference where I met Valencia Walker. (laughs) And shout out to Angela Bostic for helping me get past my imposter syndrome feelings when I was scared to apply Mm. for the DEI role. And you could just keep going back and back and back and back and back. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. I love it. I love retracing steps of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then shout out to Mr. Draper, you know, mm-hmm. rest his soul. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yep. so much joy into that moment. And for, you know, maybe that final push to get you to make those plans stick. Yep, yep. The MD stands for my daddy. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Well, sis, I did get my cry out, yep. but I did send out a little warning before we started. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Well, I sure do love you very, very much. And hopefully there is nobody who I love very, very much who doesn't know it. Mm. Even though I hope my actions tell you that it's good to hear it. Yeah. Well, I'll say it out loud. Like I always do. I love you too, sis. Yeah. Nothing being, brings me more joy than reflecting on the steps that brought us together. That's right. And, uh, subsequently to, you know, come and do this podcast and just get to chat with you on a weekly basis. It, yeah. Onward, onward, onward. All right. Love you. Love you too. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. 
Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.